Listener Production. Mm-mm. Bacon smells nice. Bacon. So does all day breakfast with Matt and Alex. Alex Dyson, do you know what's going on behind me? There's people gathered around. Someone's got a putter. Yeah, that's interesting. We're in the workplace here. It's like in, they're putting down there. Oh, I thought they, I thought only high exec bigwigs in Disney movies did that. Well, you want to know what's going on behind me? Some high exec bigwigs in the room out here are getting a tour of the uh, the studios here. Really? Listener. So I gave them a little wave there. They're going oh, all very well. Have but, you got um, the putter as well? Putting it into a little upturned cup. That's it. I reckon so. we're going to nail the bit of audio here. As uh, we're under the microscope to let you know this is the last day of our special edition of All Day Breakfast, where you're hearing a few of our p- appearances on some other pods. Yeah, that's right. Every now and then we do step out of the little potty cave that we have built for this show, Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, and we go and roam with the masses down at the podcast Okavango Delta <laughs> and sip from the creative. Rivers that are that that are that are flowing into the. Anyway, look, who, who are you talking to today, Adam and Simon? <laughs> you can tell you can tell we need a holiday. Uh, yes, oh Adam and Lord. Simon, uh, two legends who do have a podcast on Listener or wherever you get your podcasts. Jumped up with them and had a good old yarn, and it is here for you ears before Matt and I return in earnest with some more topical podcasts from Monday. Oh, we are back. But until then, sit back and enjoy a really great chat with Adam and Simon with your boy, Alex Dyson. This is Matt and Alex, all day breakfast, guest of. Now you're using my lines. You gave me nothing (laughs) earlier in the week. (laughs) This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Hello and welcome to the Adam and Simon Show. Happy Thursday, happy Wendy. That means it's interview day and today's interview guest is Alex Dyson. You probably already know who Alex Dyson is. He used to host Triple J Breakfast for like seven years. Now he hosts Matt and Alex's All Day Breakfast. He's got a book called When It Drops. He's got a comedy venue called Comedy Republic. He's an absolute legend. He's very much one of us. Because we like to find out something different about our guests, we find out what keeps him up at night? Ooh, mystery. Haha. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. All right, Sime, so today's guest, he owns and he's also the founder of Comedy Republic. He's got a kid's book called When It Drops. He's ran for politics, but importantly, he's got the Matt and Alex podcast all day breakfast, and he's a part of the Black Hoodie crew. Alex Dyson, welcome to the club. How are you? Adam, Simon, pleasure to be here. Uh, thanks for inviting <laughs> me down to the Black Hoodie crew AGM. Um, do you want me to take the minutes, or who's, who's the secretary of the, of the club? Well, I feel very excluded here on my own show. My name's in the title, and it's like the Adam and the Adam and Alex Black Hoodie Crew. Um, I've got a blue hoodie. Thanks for letting me know, guys. You rat! Oh, well, I'm so glad I wore it because I'm jumping onto this podcast. You're podcasting from home. I mean, I had the hoodie on. I'm like, should I dress up for an online thing? And I'm like, no, the Black Hoodie should do it. And I'm I'm so glad I did because. Um, <laughs> This club can only gain momentum from here. Well, I'm thinking that maybe for a future podcast when we're interviewing someone, Simon and I should turn up in full black tie and be like, oh, <laughs> did you, you, you didn't 
No, this is how we interview people. Why? Why aren't? Why didn't you wear a suit? I feel like that's everyone. I, I went today. Mm. I was just putting on my shoes. Funnily enough, and they're all dirty. I walked in the mud on the weekend, and it was the first time I'd ever gotten nervous about my shoes being dirty. Because it's like, mate, you're gonna see other people. Like we're out in the world now. <laughs> You're going to meetings oh, and stuff. You gotta. You gotta clean up a little bit. This is disgraceful. Nothing worse than looking down at the wheels and realizing that they're they're not new anymore, <laughs> no. and time moves on, and um, you know life is finite. It's I think that's what <laughs> I get when I look at uh, slightly dirty sneakers. Right. I'm like, there's no coming back from this. My, my hot t- tip is don't buy off-white shoes. Not the brand off-white. I've got a pair of Adidas shoes. They're not white. They're like a bony color. They look dirty mm. all the time. They just look dirty mm. all the time, and it's just not very good. But mate, look. Enough about us and fashion, because we're all fashion. <laughs> we're all we're all fashionable guys here. But you know, we don't need to talk about it. Sometimes you just live a lifestyle. You don't need to mention it. We do. We've got lots to talk to you about. You're a very busy man these days. I'm going to start with a bit of a two part question. All right, hit me. You do Matt and Alex all day breakfast. You used to do breakfast on Triple J. First part. Who is your favourite co-host? Is it Tom? from Tom and Alex, or is it Matt from Matt and Alex, which is definitely a yep. question you've had in the past. And two, what's your favorite breakfast? Actually in the morning breakfast or all day breakfast? Um, uh, all right. I'll hit part one first. Who is my favorite co-host? And I would have to say that that would have been my um, housemate, David, David Anderson, <laughs> who is a physiotherapist. <laughs> oh, it's like us. Um, yeah. He's not, <laughs> not, in, not into radio, but... Between the transition of um, of Tom Ballard and Matt O'Kine, like Tom's like, I think I'm going to be finishing up. It's been four years. I'm going to get out of here. Um, I'm like, yeah, no worries. I like, I'm happy to go on. I could finish up at the same time as well. But Triple J Management, like, oh, maybe do a few demos with a few different people. And so I did. Like Michael Hing is on the drive show at the moment. I did a demo with him. It could have been Daiso and Hing in the mornings oh, nice. um, amongst other people. But um, Matt O'Kine came in and um, we had a good demo with him. But I remember one night I was walking back. To, to my house with my housemate. So wait, ABC's just there. You want to go in and do a demo with me? And so I went in and just, it was Alex and Dave, my housemate, at, at like nine o'clock at night. I went in, I was like throwing him questions. I'm like, all right, you back announce this song, you know, say that was the Hilltop Hoods, chase that feeling <laughs> and stuff. And he was, you know, he was questionable because, you know, he's better at supporting people's lumber than he is at <laughs> uh, introducing the hot new tracks from Unearthed High. Um, but it was um, it was a bit of fun, and the manager did listen to it. He goes, "Oh, there was signs. I don't think we'd go in that direction." Just Alex and his house, random housemate from uh, Rochester, Victoria. But look, that's probably my uh, my favorite out of the two. I can't I can't split Tom and Tom and Matt. They're a close second to uh, to Dave. Equal Dave second. Edison. I like that. Very deceit. Very diplomatic. You did run for politics, and it shows. Well played. <laughs> When you are, That's it. When that discussion happens with Tom about he wants to finish up and you want to keep going, how does that, like, is that an awkward conversation to happen? Because he says, I want to finish, and you're like, oh, I'm not kind of done yet. Um, It wasn't too awkward. Like, I think at the start you go, well, is it me? You know, yeah. is, is there something I could do? Was it, you know, am I letting myself go um, audibly? <laughs> um, But no, it was, it was fine. I think it was Fair enough. He'd been doing stand-up for a while. He, he wanted to do other things. And I think he had a really good good point as far as what it, what he wanted to do with his life was like because we were interviewing so many people coming through in bands, movies, the latest musical that was going on. Um, someone's got a book out. Someone's got a web series. You know, you talk to so many people across the, uh, the Triple J Breakfast. And, yeah, he was like, I really want to do a creative project where 
I'm coming in and sitting on the other side of the desk and, you know, in, being interviewed for the, the creative passion that I'm pursuing, which I thought was a really, really great, um, a great pursuit for him to, to go after. Um, as, as for myself, and I think, oh, I would have been 24 or five when that happened. And I just, I just really liked everyone I worked with. I enjoyed going to see live music. Like I didn't have potentially this, the same drive to do it because I was really enjoying what I was doing. And, um, yeah, I, I wasn't, I was totally, I, unless there was a great fit that came along, happy to step back and let someone else have a go there. But, um, yeah, it just so happened that, that Matt O'Kine came in and we really clicked almost straight away. And so when did another couple of years and then um, both mutually decided to um, to go and do other things at the end of three years there. So it was seven in total. But, um, yeah, everyone's pretty open when it comes to the conversations and it wasn't too awkward. It wasn't a, like a breakup um, conversation, which was nice. <laughs> I love that when – I don't know whether you did this consciously or subconsciously, but when you talked about the new host, when you talked about Michael Hing and you talked about your housemate, you both you flipped both of those titles as Alex and Hingy and Alex and his housemate, whereas you are Matt and Alex and you were Tom and Alex as well. So I'm not sure whether that's something that was just like floating away in the subconscious that maybe with yeah, a new partner I mean, brings a new title because Simon is always battling you, for Simon and Adam, but I it just doesn't you. flow. It's very perspective of you. I mean, Simon, you'd be you'd be the same as me. You I can you, feel mate. it. It's slightly Freudian in the way when you, you do want to be putting yourself to the front. But no, I do remember the conversation when it's coming in. It's like, well, should it be Matt and Alex or should it be Alex and Matt? And I, I'm sure you're the same, Simon. You just had to. It works. <laughs> It sounds better. You just got to, it does, Alex being second, it sounds better. And, you know, it's the cherry on top of the, the, the male comedy <laughs> duo name. And look, I'm, I'm more than happy to bring up the rear when it comes to, comes to that. That's Think about like an Olympic favorite. relay. You put your strongest leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Usain Bolt running first. I don't think so. Exactly. Thank you very right. much. Yeah, exactly. Thorpe right. would always come last to. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> exactly. Good analogy. Good analogy. Uh, so, Comedy Republic is your comedy venue. Did, like, where did the idea come to start a comedy venue? Was it because obviously comedy rooms are quite big in places like America and mm. over in Europe and England and things like that, but specific comedy venues aren't a massive thing in Australia? Is that you just wanted mm. to fill that gap in the market? Well, I just thought, you know, we've got a pandemic coming up. I want a small room tightly packed with lots of people. Uh, that's a good basis for financial security going into the future. And Love so that. that's where the idea came from recently. Yep. Um, big into super spreading. No, um, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was my friend Kyron who worked at Triple J as well. Uh, we talked yep. about doing something. Yeah, Kyron Wheatley, who was on um, weekends. We lived together at well, as well at one stage and I was doing Triple J breakfast. He was doing Triple J weekend breakfast. There was someone getting up early to go to that radio show every morning in the household, which was uh, pretty funny. But um, yeah, I remember after I went on my trip, after I finished up at Triple J, I went around the world and in New York, there was a shipping container, which was on a, basically a traffic island. And because it's Brooklyn, um, they were slinging cans of IPA. And also there was a DJ booth and it was broadcast live radio. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like just a really um, casual bar, which has a radio station in it. And I was sort of talking to Kyron about that and he traveled around his partner, Reese Nicholson, um, very incredible comedian as well. And they'd been to comedy clubs everywhere, performed at all the Edinburgh's and Montreal festivals of the world. And um, yeah, our travels and ideas sort of came as like, where is, where's a space in Melbourne? Because the comedy festival, you know, we've been so involved in for many years, whether it's a Triple J, Good As Friday broadcasting for me or, or um, kind of Reese doing shows there. Um, 
there's one month a year in, in Melbourne where there's like a really great scene and the, and the excitement is palpable, but it's like in the off season, I guess the 11 months that the comedy festival is, isn't on, there wasn't that real, you know, hub for the up and coming comedians and um, yeah, people to, to go along and, and have a laugh. So we sort of wanted to create that and yeah, po podcasting has become part of it. There's a lot of live podcasts on it, Comedy Republic um, recently, which has been really cool. And so, yeah, it's, it's growing. <laughs> <laughs> growing slowly and uh, I think as of time of record we're almost going to have our very first um no capacity restriction event after two Woo! so uh, I mean it's yeah, very good. exciting That's very so happy exciting. to get the uh the full the full vax capacity in um but yeah it's been a bit of a, a hard slog over the over the distance <laughs> mate I've just uh, I've looked up here when you type in Comedy Republic, the first thing that comes up, you've got very good SEO. You come up first, so that's good to know. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it excellent. Also, it also um, comes up with Melbourne's best comedy. How do you determine that you are in fact Melbourne's best comedy? Is well, uh, you know, well, it's the same way you know that Adam Sum is the best podcast. Correct. You know, in, in, in that, <laughs> yeah. find one. Everyone who knows said it. it's objectively true. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, my which mum. Is, which is you great. went to my mum and you said, "Hey, Kathy." <laughs> Uh, we've got this comedy venue. Can you just say it's the best? And she said, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Comedy Republic is the best. And you go, Comedy Republic, Melbourne's best comedy. Look at that. That's the, the quote. Uh, it, does it, does it have the inverted commas on it as the as the quote? Is that attributed to Kathy in the, actually, the Google search? Actually, as I look further, Kathy Denson's actually Asterix, attributed Just a little to, like yeah. asterisk at the Perfect. top, which is yeah. nice. Perfect. That's very That's good. It. No, yeah, we really want it to be because that the capacity is around a, a 120 mark. It's not your massive, you know, um, Carl Barron's not going to come and sell out, you know, a thousand <laughs> seats in this particular one. But if Carl wanted to come and try out some new material, love um, this, that would be great. Where it's also great for um, some really great up and coming co comics who are just about to take that next step to come and perform, which has been really awesome to see these these comedians develop over the last two months that come, two years that Comedy Republic's been open. And so it is, you know, this is what um, the, I think Kyron came up with. This it is the best of the new. And the new of the best. So if the best people Ooh, who are good. out there want to come and try, catchy. we had Dave, Dave Hughes in the other night testing out a little bit of stuff. He came in, um, and yeah, the best new new comedians will be there as well. So I think that's where we're we're playing with the word best. Um, so it's really <laughs> going to be like um, it's going to be like people would have seen on TikTok or you know on Instagram videos where those big comics are coming in and just playing to not many people, mm -hmm. trying out new stuff. They'll be in there. There'll be some up and comers. That's super exciting. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's been really cool. I mean, it's been so hamstrung by the fact no international comedians have come to Australia basically yes. for twenty four months. So yeah, if uh, Chris Rock is on his tour and he wants to catch back up with Matt O'Kine after Jerry, they yeah. had a bit of a run in on Triple J Breakfast Saw one that. morning, um, uh, he could come and do that. But uh, Daniel Sloss, he was here doing a few Hamer Hall shows and a tour around Australia, and he's yeah massive. In the UK's Netflix specials have gone off, but he came in and did about 15 minutes one night, which was which was pretty cool. And even you know Auntie Donna, who wanted to test out some new material, so they made up a new name uh, for a fake sketch group called the Testy Cools, and uh, they did a couple of secret midnight shows during comedy festivals. So yeah, we do try and um, yeah provide a space for uh, for people to try out a few experimental things before you see the fully fledged, um, perfectly worded stuff at uh, the Melbourne Town Hall during comedy festival That's or something. Cool. What happened to, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but what happened to Carl Barron? Like, I know he's like, Carl Barron is the, almost the comedian of our generation. 
Well, he's yeah, he's Australia's but probably like, best. I think, I think is everyone. He still, you, is he still you go to a stuff? house in Australia. You go to a house in Australia. You would have a crowded house CD and a Carl Barron DVD. 100%. I think they're the two discs. Yeah, every bookshelf has. Um, but I think he he puts on a stand up show every now and again. But I remember looking at his tour dates one time. He was doing a tour, and yeah, you'd do five shows at the biggest venue in Canberra. Then go on and do, play Townsville for four nights or something like that. <laughs> Not many that? other comedians yeah. are able to do that, but um, oh man, and I mean the great thing about stand-up comedy is if you're listening and you don't know what to get into in in your life to uh, to build your fortune, um, the overheads for stand-up comedy it's a microphone and theatre hire. Really, yeah. that's about it. You don't have to have the the instruments. You don't have to have the staging, the the props, the costumes. Get up there and say some uh, funny, relatable content and you could go well. So I think um, it's a sort of situation where Carl can do that and then do whatever he likes. The same as Gautier, somebody I used to know, goes massive. <laughs> yeah. uh, he then buys some really cool synths and old, you know, harmonium instruments and just creates what he wants to do and, and lives his life. So potentially that's what Carl's doing. He did I- put out a movie at one point though, which I never saw. Did you guys see the Carl Baron movie? No, I think oh. I just had the DVD called The One-Ended Stick. I think that was the one I had. <laughs> But I've just looked up his tour dates. Classic he's going Carl. to, like you said, he's doing Ballarat for three nights in the middle of December. Mm. Then he's got like eight nights in a row in Newcastle. Then he's going to the Gold Coast for one who night. Who else could do that? Unbelievable. Tell Gold me who Coast else could just, do that. Just for one night. Then Brisbane, just for one night. Then, mate, didn't have enough fun in Newcastle. He's heading back to Newcastle. And then obviously. Wait, eight nights in Newcastle, <laughs> goes to Brisbane, and then back to Newcastle for that, another show. Eight nights in Newcastle, then the Gold Coast, then Brisbane really gets that Southeast oh. Queensland uh, hit. Yep. And then Locks back to up. Newcastle for another couple of nights. That's but he plays a different venue in Newcastle. How about that? Bloody Earth, Carl. That's Keep it up. huge. And then obviously we'll try and get him at Comedy Republic. Obviously. Absolutely. Oh, man, Carl, if you are listening, and I do hope you are, like, honestly growing up with that sort of humor. And even, like, that's the great thing about TikTok now, all the Carl stuff that it's all these kiddies haven't seen before, they're back. It's yeah. so good. Just watching someone experience how you're going for the first time yeah. is just joyous. <laughs> yes. Australians don't tell you what they're doing. They tell you what they're not doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a How you been? Not bad. <laughs> oh, where is it? Not far. <laughs> it's how was classic. it? Oh, well, not good. Oh, yeah. So was, did it cost much? No, it wasn't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I vividly remember watching the Carl Baron DVD for the first time at my friend Lockie Raven's house when we must have been about 12 or 13 and crying mm. with laughter for a solid hour. It is timeless oh, man, comedy. That was it. I love that it. Was it. Those, I love those it. Those times in high school, I'd like, I still haven't seen some things. I only know them because my friends quoted them. I've never seen the movie, movie Basketball. Oh. There was a, a, <laughs> um, it was by the dudes who did South Park. Yes. I've never seen it, but I could tell you so many lines because my <laughs> friends quoted it at school and it is stuck in the head. You almost can't watch it now because it'll ruin what, what happened. Like the first time exactly. I saw Eddie Murphy Raw, mm. people had told me, <laughs> and it's about, and you're like, oh, I didn't think it would look. Like this when he said this, and like he's got the leotard, yeah. and like it adds a whole nother layer. It's so good. It's so like you read Harry Potter, and then they put put out a movie, and you're like, no, that's not what it's. Yeah. That's, like, that's I'm that's sorry. What it incorrect. Like. Uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday. JK. Incorrect. Uh, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not what the ones look like, Christopher. <laughs> a real stickler for this, anyway. Hey, uh, is there any chance that uh, Alex Dyson makes an appearance at Comedy Republic? Um, look, there's a small chance that. 
Um, I get them to do some stand up. I've been doing a bit of podcasts. Matt and Alex have done a couple of live podcasts. In at the moment, we're um, cool. in the works to do a Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast Annual General Meeting, where yeah. we will get our listeners along to Comedy Republic and um, take questions. We'll you know look ahead for the forward estimates. We'll see what podcast content they're they're striving um, for in the next twelve to twenty four months. Uh, okay. Obviously, looking for great growth in fart jokes. Um, our portfolio a little bit thin on the ground when it came to that. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But as far as stand up comedy goes, every now and again, I think of something and go, "Oh, that could be good for stand up." But um, as soon as I start verbalizing it to other people, they're like, "Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that." <laughs> like I was thinking recently, like if I really find it funny when people look up and go, "Oh, there's not a cloud in the sky," and I take the smallest look around and go, "There's one." <laughs> didn't, didn't check the full sky before making that outlandish, outlandish comment. Do your due diligence. So I thought about that. That's my most recent um, stand-up company thought. Workshop but it could, could absolutely bomb. So election next year, you've run for politics once in the seat of one and your home seat out in the West. Yeah, you're running again, running round two, independent. Make your way into the well, into the big stage. I would love for an independent candidate to get in, um, and I like. <laughs> I don't really care who that is. I would love for a a female independent independent candidate to get in. It's I, I like a lot of Australians watching on over the last couple of years and seeing the um you know the treatment of Brittany Higgins and. Uh, those the issues that have been around parliament i feel that there's such a, a space for that and so yeah i have been wrestling with potentially going again potentially supporting a candidate who i really believe in and um trying to use my um my voice and occasionally my um my dance moves to try and you know propel them to uh to make a change in the world and so yeah it is probably as you mentioned before quite a uh, a diplomatic response but who knows i don't know when do you know what the election is going to be I get him in could could sync up with my schedule yeah, i don't know september it'll be september you'd be, be very busy man got a bar got a book got a show well that's a good thing i feel Politics. like now that i'm a small business owner i think i think some more you know i'll be able to pluck the greens voters for my you know large climate change you know i think Love obviously this. that we should take care of that but small business owner i tell you what our tax bills. Mm. I hate them. I hate when that comes through. You just think you're starting to go well and then suddenly they, they sting you. So uh, maybe I could uh, pluck a few votes from uh, from all over the political spectrum. O- opens one bar, becomes a liberal. Straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out those liberals were right the whole time. Taxes suck. Stay exactly. out of my bloody business, government. Exactly. <laughs> Phil, Phil Wang had an um, interesting joke in his Net- Netflix special and it was something like, yeah, we used to really hate capitalism. It was like, I realised that's because I didn't have capital. If you yeah. had capital, <laughs> capitalism is incredible. Bro, being rich is so, gross. If you're rich, <laughs> the world is sick. Like, yeah. you've just got to get rich. It's like, well, I mean, that's the whole thing. Do, do rich people use the word grouse, though? Well. <laughs> I feel that, but that's an everyman well, kind of term. See, I've just, I've put myself socioeconomically in a... Uh, in a box. Uh, in a box there. You yeah, Now, Simon gross. just revealed his socioeconomic status, and it is not <laughs> rich. Confirmed, not rich. Very much confirmed it is not rich. Yeah, it would, it would be chaos. Imagine if the whole of like the lower house in parliament was independence. Mm. Like imagine if everybody, it's because everyone's like, everyone wants to be in a safe. Everyone wants to be in a swing seat, mm-hmm. but the way like doesn't everybody want to be in a swing? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'm trying to say 
that everybody should want to be in a swing seat, but nobody votes to be yes. in a swing seat. Yeah, that was kind of the, the one when I was running for one and last time, it was you need, I don't trust the politicians to um, give money where it is most needed. They go to where it's where it's most needed uh, for Australians. It's most needed for their votes. And, you know, the car parks uh, that are built for yes. 200,000 per car park is mm. one example of that or the sporting um, grants that were given out and shown to be in um, in marginal or, uh, or liberal electorates. Um, but if the people vote, even if it is just a, for a one-off to sh- say, hey, do not take us for granted, you know, a safe liberal seat that you're not going to pay any attention to um, by doing that. I trust the, the people of those communities uh, more than I trust the politicians to, uh, to do the right thing. But um, as far as the chaos thing goes, if there are a lot of independents in there, um, who knows? Yeah, I... Which seems to be going real smoothly at the moment, where it's uh, the Nationals <laughs> and the and the Liberal Party and Matt Catavan and Barnaby Joyce saying one thing, and then uh, Sharp Dave Sharma in Wentworth saying another thing for his uh, you know double uh, Harbour voters. It's not double Bay. What's what's down underneath Rose Bay voters? Yep. Yeah, it's um it's pretty chaotic as as it is, and so having some people who have no affiliations and don't need to. Um, vote one way just for the good of their careers or, you know, the the, the party. I, I think that could be a good thing to try out given our, our current circumstances. Give it a shot. Well, I feel like the independents yeah, always get a bad rap on purpose. That's the point, right? Is that independents mm. always get, you know, painted as it's going to be mm. insanity. Don't have too many independents. Yeah, but like, look who's saying don't have too many independents. It's the people who aren't the independents. So. Yeah, and I think it's been quite successful in the communities that vote for it. They they manage to hold hold the seats the next election. Mm. They go, actually, this is going pretty good. You I care like about us. that. Mm. They care about that, and they're not, you know, their boss isn't saying you need this position on this particular mm. thing. It's the community is like, hey, we really think this, and they can go and take it take it into parliament. So I uh, yeah, like Kathy McGowan is one of the first examples of that. Helen Haynes in Indi. Helen Haynes as well. So yeah, I, I think I think communities find that once you know. Once you go indie, you uh, do not rescindy. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, they do. Yes. That's a. Um, I mean, that's, spot on. Spot that's on. a, that a spontaneous. That's a spontaneous indie, Alex Dyson twenty twenty two t shirt campaign. Once you uh, go slogan. indie, you I'll, do I'll not start the printers up now. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah. With your face, thumbs up. Big thumbs up. That's the big thumbs up Got there. The yeah. Well, that's it. the. Um, one of the best things I've ever heard a teacher do in a primary school was that they were teaching, I think they were a grade six class and they were talking about critical thinking and how to uh, read articles and listen to people. And they said, you should always do three, I think it's three things. You should always say, who is writing this? Why are they writing this? And what are their biases in writing this? And then it completely changes how you go about reading certain articles and, Mm -hmm. and listening to people talk about things is that you think about why are people saying certain things and then do they have any bias or reason to say it, to push a certain agenda? And I thought that was a really mm. important thing to teach these kids who are like 12, that when you're reading things that you don't just take everything on face value. Yeah, that's such a such an important point. And I yeah, remember a few text analyses uh, growing up where you're going, okay, why did they use the words looming rather than <laughs> this? Mm-hmm. Like you really see what what is going on in those ones. And I think, yeah, I think people, it's interesting because people are both at the moment so 
besotted with doing their own research. I love it. <laughs> but there's also <laughs> such there's also such skepticism of, of authority, and skepticism is a healthy thing. But I do not see why they can be so skept skeptical of you know NASA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. um, the World Health Organization. Yep. And yet they don't apply that same lens because I think you, sh you should be. You should go, who are the World Health Organization? What's in it for them? What are the budgets? You can ask all those questions. But if you don't, then apply that to Donald Trump um, uh, and oh, just take him at face value without the same, you know, thing. It's all the YouTube video that pops up with a, a random stat, you know, I. I all for the, the healthiness in the scepticism, as long as as it is applied evenly across everything that you do, you do see. And yeah, it's interesting seeing, um, yeah, the scepticism of, of doctors and that sort of thing and finding it what's in it for them or even climate scientists. You know, I don't see the climate scientists getting their helicopter to the polo um, in the same <laughs> way that potentially the, um, the, the, the Australian Minerals Council Board could be um, could be doing. Um, so anyway. That's just uh, that's just my side of things, mate. I love it. I could talk politics all day, yep. but we won't. Ooh. What we're going to do? We like to. <laughs> what do people come here for? Do they come here for the political <laughs> this discourse? Is what they do? What are they, what are they seeking out? I sometimes think that we surprise some people because, on the surface, we are idiots, absolute cretins, <laughs> and then sometimes we go a little bit deep and then start like splashing. We're like, uh oh, uh oh, very deep, very deep. <laughs> I forgot very I can't deep. swim. Very deep, very deep. <laughs> but uh, no, what we do like to do on this show is find out about people and find out about the things that people probably aren't known for. Like in your intro, we said bar owner, wrote a book, ran for politics, breakfast host of Triple J, but in fact, also passionate gamer. Love a bit of video games. Love this. Gentlemen. Um, it came, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people are still chasing the happiness that you would feel when you open your first PlayStation on Christmas. Love like. That. I can think about the moment because you think this thing is awesome, video games, and you open it up and it's in absolutely an incredible moment. Um, and yeah, there's something really, really fun. And I, I, I do feel um, it is quite cool to see video games growing as my alarm for uh, <laughs> my video game session goes off. Um, no, the um, got to join the Boyds. We're doing a raid. Where are we dropping? Um, no, Where are we I'm dropping? <laughs> I'm not that deep into it, but I do. It, there's something. There's something about like because it, it involves so many different things. Whether it's, um, you know, it could be artistic storylines, music, um, the the graphics, and there's such a spectrum of of games that you can go through, and and they're becoming more and more creative as as you go along. Yeah, it's, it's something as of an escape, which is pretty cool. Um, and I remember being young and designing my own like Zelda esque game and drawing the different weapons that you'd have in your art in your arsenal and you do a map of the places you know like a map where you open a, a fantasy book or something yes. like Ooh, where are these places that kind of thing. <laughs> like drawing those things I think I think it's such a cool thing. It's for anyone who has ever doubted video games impact on the world. The Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony soundtrack was all. <laughs> Video game soundtracks played over the top. Yeah. That's where all of the athletes walked out to that. So if you ever doubted it, you can get stuffed because it's, the, the, exactly it's right. real. <clears throat> Passion is real. Across exactly right. But, and people doubt it all the time until it comes to warping kids' brains. They're like, well, it's got to be video games that are That's got to be that. Yeah, yeah it's um, not the way you're <laughs> on which, uh, which video games do you play? Which are your hmm. like? Which is your home base? Um, I got an Xbox when I was younger and started playing Halo and some excellent late nights were had 
with some friends linking up Xboxes and playing Halo against each other. And so, uh, yeah, I've been playing a little bit of that recently online in lockdown, which is quite funny because the first the first day of the next step in Victoria, I'm in Melbourne at the moment, and have been for um, forever by the <laughs> what it feels like. But um, it was interesting that the first day there was openings and you could go and do things and go to a restaurant and that sort of thing. Like I think I I was quite tired. I'm like I'm just going to stay inside and play video games all day. I, that's right. I just submitted a, a big writing book deadline, and so. I'm like, phew, that's it. I'm going to play some video games now. I love this. Because <laughs> I hate the, the thing I, that's no good about video games is I always, I can, it's difficult to avoid playing them without a sense of guilt. Like I should be doing something else. So I have been really trying to go, no, this is fun. I enjoy this. It doesn't have to be video games. It could be whatever. Like give yourself some time to really soak this in rather than thinking, oh, I should be messaging that person back or I should be, you know, that, put that away for a little while, get to them later. Um, uh, and enjoy it while, you, while you're doing it, I think. All about being present, right? Mental mm, health. Use exactly. it for your mental health, which I guess like if you're a teenage, mostly boy, but teenage girls too, just be present, oh, it's guys. it's been growing so well. Tell yeah, me, and, tell and the games to that is, of Kata, we downloaded The Sims recently. I created a Sims family and had a lot of Days of Our Lives drama in the Sims <laughs> house. Whoa, okay. The, uh, the life and times of Epiphany Jones uh, were <laughs> very, very saucy. And in fact, an all-day breakfast, I mean, the things got so saucy on my in my Sim house with um, a, a somewhat taken Bella Goth, I'll just say, with Uh-oh. a little bit of woohoo <laughs> in the jacuzzi, Uh-oh. if you hear what I'm saying. Ooh, we got a um, one of the writers of Neighbours on uh, All Day Breakfast and pitched my Sim storyline to them to potentially put into the show. And look, it, uh, it, there was a lot of saucy Neighbours, so it was very difficult to compete. Whoa. But, um, yeah. I think there's a bit of an in there. I'm going to keep trying and potentially build an extension and see what uh, what other living situations we can come up with because I think <laughs> Ramsey Street is about to get a little bit of horse-based in the sim action. Epiphany Jones might be, uh, <laughs> yeah. might be buying a house in in, uh, in the street. Yeah, did, exactly. Did you, play, did you play The Sims as a teenager and how do you think that compares to your playing The Sims as an adult? I When The Sims came out, I thought that looks awesome. I went and hired The Sims computer game and tried to run it and it went... It went so slow on whatever old Pentium we had at the house. You could barely do anything. So I just remember sitting there and it would be 30 seconds and then the frame would update and then another 30 seconds and then then the next frame would happen. (laughs) So I remember I got robbed in The Sims once and it's like, you're being robbed. And I'm like, oh, no, it freezes and then the the robber's out of there. (laughs) But I I did like, like I played Sim Safari where you start your own safari camp. Love that. And you build huts for people and then you've got to go to there was three sections. There was the local village, the safari camp, and the animal savanna. And you had to put in your grasses and the different grasses for the herbivores. And then you drop a few carnivores this. in. You put the big trees in and that sort of thing. I played Theme Hospital back in the oh, day. I we played the Theme hospital, hospital too, yeah. People come in with all sorts of yep. unusual diseases and yep. then they vomit on the carpet. You've got to hire a janitor to clean it up. And, <laughs> I did that. You know, that was, that was pretty interesting. Um, and I recently I've been playing um, City Skylines, which has been um, a good Sim City kind of build up. But you said it, Age of Empires, Age of Empires. That was the one. Yeah, it came on the Nutrigrain box back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, pop that in, loved it. And then at college, we'd never do our homework, but at um, St Hilda's College, where I went, everyone's computers are hooked up, so we'd have eight player battles that went well into the early hours of Age of Empires. <laughs> Land parties before well. the internet was invented. <laughs> yes. I was a big um, yeah. roller coaster mayhem guy. 
Just creating. Oh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, roller which was tycoon. made by a single dude. Really? Like, like a single dude like coded the entire oh thing and made God. the whole game. You make your it's own quite incredible. theme park. It was so good. Yeah. Until you turn a little bit, I mean, might be admitting something here, but <laughs> sometimes you Do some, not tell me. Sometimes you'd make a roller coaster and you'd put a gap in it and you're like, I wonder if we can jump from one bit to the other. <laughs> Turns out you couldn't and you killed 16 people. So, oh, my word. That yeah, roller coaster that is, struggled. Uh, we, my uncle gave us the original, uh, Uncle Ian, shout out to Uncle Ian, the uh the original Age of Empires, and oh, it was man. awesome for like a couple of years until we looked up the cheats and realized that when you typed Uh-oh. in Big Daddy, you got a car with like a machine gun on the back, and then like, <laughs> mate, you've got people Instead that are of walking the old around. Roman centurion <laughs> exactly. or whatever, yeah. They're still yeah. building houses out of stone. I'm driving around in a Dodge with a big machine gun on the back. So I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, that was, was like tough. the beginning but- of the end. I feel, I feel like that's well, a the cool- early video, early internet. It was all it was was MSN manage, Messenger. Mm-hmm. You could look up song lyrics and you could look up video game cheats. <laughs> there were the three <laughs> different websites <laughs> I went to. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's just an experiment, large experiment on uh, temptation. It's like, okay, here's the cheat codes. That you think they'll be good, but too much of a good <laughs> thing is in fact very yeah, very bad. It's a good lesson. Mm, which exactly is exactly right. Yeah, I always. Yeah, I do, I do try to avoid the cheese, but there's something about the unlimited. I remember someone telling me in Sim City, I think I was in year six. I I got a cheat, <laughs> so much money. Oi, oi, you, you click on this, you go down, you get hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm like sick. Go and do that. It wasn't a cheat. You took out a loan at a high interest rate, <laughs> and so that was where I first learned about the uh, how you, you roll in society. It's like it's unlimited money, like sick. Start doing that. Oh no, you have to pay that back. That's a loan to the bank. So my city failed. Should have should have taught us more about like uh, home loans that wasn't taught in high school and primary school. We probably yeah. should have learnt more from Sim City. Definitely, absolutely a, right. A lot more interest rates. The all of that life lessons we play. I. Even before that, we played a game. I don't know if you remember Jones in the Fast Lane. It was an MS DOS only game, kind of like a board game. <laughs> wow! And yep. you would have to like uh, live your life. So you'd have to go to uni, but then you'd have to go to work and to try and work your way up. You have to buy food, and that all took time. And your time only had a, a uh, your turn was a certain period of time, and you could spend it going to uni. But then you'd also need to work to get money to pay your rent and things like that. Oh and if you didn't balance it out well enough, you just ended up literally wearing. A barrel. <laughs> <laughs> that rings a bell. An yeah. MS DOS figure wearing a barrel. I think I've played that. I remember a haunted house version of those games as well. And there was Carmen San Diego yep. in our year six class on a seven and a half inch floppy disk that you <laughs> yes. put into this old old machine. It was um, it was like a the lid of a Tupperware container or something that's flopping around, and you chuck it in there, and you're playing these type of games. It was uh, oh man, back in the day. Good times. This has been three 30-year-old white guys reminiscing about computer <laughs> games they used to play 20 years ago. Far out. So we probably say quotes from other comedians <laughs> there <laughs> instead of coming up with their own. This is our <laughs> early 2000s nostalgia. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Before, Thanks for joining us, Alex. Before we go, we do have our producer, Cass. Mm-hmm. We get her to ask one question to every guest because she is our listener in the room. So, Cass, what is your question for Alex Dyson? Hey, Alex, what's the most important thing you've missed because you've been in a gaming session? Always a good question. Mm. Such a good question. Um, important thing I've missed due to a big sesh. Um, well, some could say that sleep 
is a very important for a healthy uh, thing. And that, you know, being at a sleepover in primary school, we played James Bond, Goldeneye 64, uh, or Diddy Kong Racing until six in the morning. I mean, that could have, you know, you don't want to stagnate your growth and development. You know, children need a good night's sleep. I can't think of like a time where, you know, uh, my fiance is waiting at the altar and I'm there um, fragging noobs, uh, <laughs> Halo 3 online. Wearing a barrel. I'm wearing a barrel because I didn't Sorry, go to my love, job interview or something like that. No, it is it is a little bit about balance, but, yeah, it, it is slightly easy to get carried away in, in those situations as well, playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, recently, and I think I missed a um, a podcast meeting as you know as a result of that. People are trying to call me. It's like, oh, we got to work out tomorrow's show, and I was uh, deep in the zone. Um, I'm trying to tame a horse here, guys. Get off my couch. exactly <laughs> riding the rails around uh, around old ye old America. But um, yeah, I've I've tried to be better at that growing up to give myself a few time limits, which is good. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Alex Dyson, thanks for joining us. Everyone, go and check out Comedy Republic. There's going to be heaps of gigs now that the world's open. Also, check out Matt and Alex's All Day Breakfast podcast. Buy the book when it drops. Um, if he if he goes up for politics again and you live in Wannan, yep. make sure you vote for him. Is there anything else you want to plug? Um, Tepid Heat. It's my gamer tag. Get on it. Done. Add me. Love that. <laughs> Love If you want to play some Sims against Tepid Heat and get involved <laughs> yeah. in uh, in the lo- in the crazy crazy lifestyle of the Sims, yeah, make sure you add it. Tepid Heat. Just have your hot Sim move in next door to uh, Epiphany Jones. It's <laughs> only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Alex. <laughs>